every part of me. And I say, do that which you want to do, Father God. Our hearts are prepared. Let the soil of our heart be now fertile to receive the seed of your word. We give you the glory, the honor, the praise, and the thanks. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people say amen. amen. And amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give God one more round of praise. Hallelujah. 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 I just want to thank God again for the opportunity. I'll tell you all something. On the praise and worship team, we may not have all the best voices in the whole world. We may not have the best musicians in the whole world, but I tell you what, these folks right here love the Lord. And they love to come on, put your hands together for the praise team. Thank you, Brother West, for such an awesome job, man, and always leading us into the presence and the power of God Sunday after Sunday. Amen. There's nothing like God's presence. I thank you uh, for coming out. I thank you, Pastor Tim, as always. I love you, sir, with the love of God. And I thank you uh, just for allowing God to use you the way you have, for being such an impact in my life. And I thank you. I thank you for such a, being such an anointed man, an obedient man. Amen? Come on, put your hands together for Pastor Tim. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to let you know I don't take you for granted. I pray for you daily that God continue to do all that he's promised you he will do. Amen. Amen. See it come pass in your life. Uh, this morning, before I, I say anything, I want you guys just to help me uh, to wish one of the most prolific persons in my life, from the day I was born, she was there. Amen. <laughs> Came into this world, she was there. Uh, my darling, beloved, beautiful mom. Mom, just stand up and wave to the folks. She does not like to be called out, but I told her I will. Go ahead, stand up. Look at her. Hallelujah. And I don't think uh, she would mind me telling you. She probably would, but she turned 76 today. I told her before, I think she's, she's the, the ninth or tenth wonder of the world. Amen. <laughs> And I love her so, and I thank God every single day for my mom. You know, I don't take her for granted. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to jump right in. Uh, I want to say this right up front. Oftentimes when I begin to seek God to what to share, I get this barrage of information. And I just made it a pack right off the bat. I'm, I'm going to give you part of it this morning because I realize that it, it is important that you understand God's word. Amen? The Bible said the race is not given to the swift, but for those that endure. Amen? Amen. So I'm just going to give you part of what God has given to me, and at some later time when Pastor determined, we're going to continue on this. But I want to speak on something uh, that the Holy Spirit began dealing with me about maybe about three, three, four weeks ago, since the last time I spoke. And that is the name of Jesus. It is very important, many of you have heard me speak before, I have this passion and this call in my life to equip the body of Christ. And I want you to take this seriously. Because every time, uh, from the time I was young, as long as I could remember, sitting and listening to my dad preach and my mom and seeing their lives, something began to stir in me, in me that every time, and I mean every time, every time I hear about one of God's folks, every time I hear of the enemy's attack, every time I see it, I believe in defeat, every, whatever it is, it stirs something inside of me that lets me know 
that we were built for greatness. Amen? Amen. And in case you want to understand what greatness is, the Bible says, he that is greatest among you shall be a servant. Amen? And I am talking about greatness as in not taking the lies the enemy throws at us. I'm getting a little bit of feedback up here. I was listening this week, and I, I think it was an old, somehow I stumbled on an old message of the, Dr. Tony Evans, and he said something that was prolific. It was true. He said, the enemy only can defeat the believer by one way. It's to trick you, to deceive you. And you know, Pastor, I began thinking back, and I went all the way back to the beginning. And when you look at when man fell, it was because of what? Deception, trickery. Which means, if we truly understood who we are, <laughs> y'all going to get this, right? I'm going to say, I want all your ears to be open. When the believer truly understands who he is, it is impossible. Yep, I said it. It's impossible for the enemy to defeat you. You understand? <laughs> Hallelujah. It is impossible. Notice I didn't say difficult. I didn't say hard. I said impossible. Yes, I said it. Because that is who Christ has made us to be. Now, as I began to study the Word of God, I was wrestling with this. God, there's so much information on this, your name. And I wanted to know where to start from. And he said, I want you to start from the beginning. So quickly, I'm going to give you a quick rundown. In the Old Testament... When it talks about God created the heaven and the earth, we see him being called by the name Elohim, or like in the uh, Jewish town, Elohim, right? Which means it's actually a plural word. We see in the beginning, God says, let us make man, right? So this plural word speaks of God in the ordinary sense, but specifically used of the supreme God, right? So the supreme God. Later on, in the very next chapter, it says, and the Lord God made them all. We see this term, Lord, capital L-O-R-D, introduced, which when you study it, it means Jehovah, and which is a more personal term, right? In the Hebrew tongue, it means the self-existent or eternal one. I don't know how many of you have heard of the uh, ancient Jewish manuscripts that were found, the Dead Sea Scrolls. But when you look back in there, there are no vowels. There's no vowels back then. Not in the uh, Hebrew original tongue. So a lot of what we got today was derived from the pronunciation from the Hebrew language. All right? And that's when we came to the word Jehovah, which originally was Yahovah. Okay? So now I want you to see what this means, right? Yahovah, which later on became Elion, and some says El Elion. An elevation, for example, an objective, lofty, lofty completely, supreme, most high. And I want, I, I, I'm intentionally starting from there so you could understand. These were the names given to God. Now, 
A lot of times today, we give each other's names, you know, sometimes it sounds cute and sounds great, and that was my great-grandfather's name and my great-grandmother. But the practice of giving a name back then started to represent something. A name was not just given to identify you. It was given to represent attributes, characteristic personality. Amen? So we see there, these were the names given to God. Right? Now, we saw what happened to Adam and Eve. They were tricked. And God told him, he says, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, from the day you eat of that tree, you will surely die. We see the serpent, influenced by the devil, caused Eve to eat the fruit, gave it to Adam. He ate. But I don't know if you know this. When Adam ate the fruit, God says, in the day. That means whatever day you eat that, you will die. But we see there, Adam didn't die. Or Eve, they didn't eat the fruit and immediately drop dead. Which means God was not just speaking about physical death. Right? But he was talking about separation. And I believe immediately after they ate the fruit, the spiritual connection that we had with our father was severed. Right then, right there. Right? But watch this. When God came, the Bible says he came walking in the cool of the day, and he called out to Adam. He says, where are you? And he says, I'm here, God. I hid myself because I discovered I was naked. And he said, they grabbed leaves, sewed it together, and made aprons. Right? So physically speaking, they covered themselves. But here's something that most people read over and keep on going. The Bible says... God immediately did something that started the foretelling and the showing of how much he loved us and how much sin could not come in that way. The Bible says God, in Genesis 3, he says he clothed them with garments of skin. Now, which means he got those skins from something that was alive. Right then and there, God killed several animals. Oh, my goodness. So he says, right off the bat, because of this, I have killed animals. And he says, he clothed them with the skins. Amen? Amen. Now, I said this many times before, several Sundays ago. There are spiritual laws just like there are natural laws. When God created heaven and earth, there are spiritual laws that he put in effect. Laws that he will not even break. Why? Because they're characteristic of his nature. Right? He says, my word have I established what? Above my very name. So God says, I have put certain laws into place. And one of the law is that the only thing that could atone for sin is the shedding of blood. <laughs> you get this? Only thing that could atone for your sin and my sin is the shedding of blood. So he didn't say anything to Adam and Eve. All he says, I am bringing you now clothing made from skin of something I shed blood for just for you. Yeah. Amen. So this was from the beginning. We see this began to take shape. Now, as we move through the history of time in the Old Testament, 
we see what's called the foreshadowing and the foretelling. God began pointing to something. Why? We see the Levitical laws and all the other laws, all of it involved sacrifice, blood sacrifice. But even back then, God began to show that, here's my plan. These sacrifices were only temporal. There's a scripture, and I didn't even pull up this, but I remember years ago studying, and there's a scripture that says, God really did not have any pleasure in the animal sacrifices. Amen? He wasn't sitting back there like, oh, this is so good. No, it was just something temporal just to cover sin. Why? Because his very nature dictates that he can't be close to sin. Amen? So we see the foretelling. It started with him killing the animals. Later on, when uh, uh, he called Abram, he says, this only son I'm going to give you, I want you to take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him. That was characteristic. That was a foretelling. But when he got right there, he stopped it and said, uh, no. Because ultimately, even if Abraham had sacrificed Isaac, it still would not be sufficient to cover the sin of all mankind. Amen? Amen? It could not. God needed the sacrifice. Now, here's how this worked. If sin was committed by mankind, in all sincerity, considering the laws that God already put, he says these laws were before on any of us. The penalty for sin of a man is death of a man. The restoration and the atonement of sin committed by a man is that sacrifice of a man. But the man had to be perfect without any sin. And guess what? After Adam and Eve, that ruled out every single one of us. <laughs> every single man. So God began on this elaborate plan. Amen? Now, our first verse I want us to look at is Isaiah. Get two verses. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold... A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And in case you have no, in the New Testament, it actually says what Emmanuel means. God with us, or as it is actually translated, with God, no, with us is God. I want you to keep all these things in mind because it's going to culminate to something that is going to blow your socks off. So we see the plan of Christ begin being introduced. This is thousands of years ago. Now, let's jump to the next verse. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon where? his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Amen. I want you to underline that. The Mighty God. Watch this. The Everlasting Father. Who are we talking about, folks? We're talking about Jesus. Now, let me just put this disclaimer out there. 
the mystery of the Godhead will remain a mystery until we stand before God. Amen? Amen. There are many people who've gotten revelation, but I think it's one of the most mystifying things. Why? Because we see here that all the attributes given to God the Father was given to the Son. He says, Jesus is going to be called Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. He's talking about the Son with those same titles. He says, the Prince of Peace. Now, that word there and his name, his name, the word name there is from the Hebrew word Shem, S-H-E-M. And it means, watch this, position, appellation, a title or designation, as a mark or memorial of individuality. Right? By implication, honor, authority, and character. So, the name of Jesus, that we just looked at all these names, they're speaking of his character, his title, thus how he was to be and function for us. Amen? All of this, God knew that through the virgin birth was the only way for him to come into this world without sin. But he knew that he was the only person capable enough to live this life through without sin. So here's what happened. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you really look from the beginning of the Bible... We see here the story being told of such an amazing love affair. It has started off showing us just how much God loves mankind. The Bible says we are the apple of his eye. Amen. Apple means pupil. Means we are right there always in his eyes. Amen. And he loved us so that when we messed up, he began immediately on a plan to bring, oh my goodness, to bring us back together. Isn't that so contrary to the message the world is trying to tell us? The enemy tries to tell you that you're nothing, that God don't care about you. When tragedy or calamity hits your life, he tells you that if God loved you, why would he allow this to happen? But if you study the word of God, sin is what brought that. We brought this on. God has been forever trying to bring us back to himself. He's always trying to reconcile this love affair. Amen. You know, I was thinking about this, about how the enemy, what he brings, and how he tries to destroy. Last night, just sitting there, just looking over my notes, asking God, God, what else you wanna, what else you wanna say to the people? And I got a, I got a, I got a text. It says, I hate to bring the bearer of bad news, but such and such just passed away. This is one of my co-workers. I left her there at work Saturday. I left out of there about quarter till two. Spoke to her, she's doing well and everything. Young lady, probably 35 years old. Two little daughters. You doing good? Okay, you got everything holding down? Yep. To get that text last night, she's gone. Leaving two little children behind, two years ago, today, her mom died. So now these two little girls, no grandmother, no mother. Her father was elderly and sick last time I heard about it. And I thought to myself, 
What devastation has sin brought? The life. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. There's a verse in there in Genesis when God put them out of the Garden of Eden. And he said, he sent the angel, I want you to protect now the tree of life. Which means the original plan was that this intimate love affair that God created with us, he put the tree there. He never told him to, to not eat from that tree. So our right and privilege was to continually eat from that tree and do what? Live forever. A forever love affair with God. Amen? But when sin came and severed that, that is why God had to put this in place. So I want you to understand one thing. As we look at now the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ was and is, or is and was, fully man. I'm going to say that again. He was fully man. Simultaneously, he was fully God. Amen? Oh. So now, and, and sometimes when I preach, I get choked up. If I start choking up, it just knows because when I think of the love of God, it does something to me. So God says, the only way I could restore this relationship with these folks, these people, my people that I love with such a deep love, I have got to do it. And we see when he came, he was God in the flesh. The Bible says in the beginning in John, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why? Because God was going to be able to stand before the devil and says, look, these, my creation that I made even lower than the angels, I want to show you that them with me, <laughs> I'm going to say it again, them with me, nothing can stand in their way, believers. Absolutely nothing. God has not, listen, here is something that the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me. Oftentimes, we feel we need to compete with the world. We need to compete with the successes of the world. We need to compete with what the world is saying. And God says, I never created you to compete. I created you to dominate. I oh, my goodness. He says, I created you to have all authority on this earth. And he meant it so bad, he says, when that got severed, I immediately started on a plan to get you back to where I created you to be. So we see here, he says, I have to come do it myself. I can't, there's no other man could wear these shoes. I have to come in flesh and blood and put the, that's why the Bible says, we now have a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That means every single thing you could ever go through. <laughs> yes, every single thing, every temptation. He says there's no temptation taking him that's coming to man. There's nothing he did not experience. He experienced every single thing. So everything, when you're tempted this week, and the enemy tries to tell you, oh, my goodness, uh, that is so horrible. Oh, you don't even say you've been tempted. Jesus went through it. 
He says, it is for that very purpose that I came and put on human flesh. So that when I stand before the Father, and when you stand, he says, now we are the right. Hallelujah. You and I are now the righteousness of Christ. You understand? When you accept Christ into your heart, you become the righteousness of him who knew no sin. Hallelujah. Righteousness means you are now in right standing with God. That means whatever the enemy comes and accuses you of, God says, I hear you talking, devil. But you need to understand, when I see them, when I see this one, when I see Brother Frank, when I see this one or that one, I am seeing myself. Why? Because he says, the government shall be on my shoulder, his shoulder. He says, don't you see my shoulders, devil? It's broad shoulders. Everything you try to send at them, I'm standing in front of them. These are my people. I died for them. Every time you feel that you can't do it, tell yourself, I can't do it. He already did it. I don't need to do it again. Now, here's something you need to realize. When you are called by God, and this is going to rattle many of you because your faith has been at certain levels. If God calls you to do something that you can do by yourself, you don't need faith. I told the folks this about six, seven months ago. When I began getting this barrage of revelation on faith, here's what it did to me. And I, I, I think I was telling someone this this very same week. It caused me to live in a place where the ordinary person cannot live. You understand? I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because it's the truth. I'm saying this because I need every single person here to get hold of that. Amen. Amen. Years ago, I read this quote that says, faith isn't trusting that God will. It is knowing that he already has. Now, we put these nice cliches and bumper stickers, but Holy Spirit says, half the folks in in my body don't really understand what that is. It's a nice phrase to them. And he says, when you stand on my word, when I died for it, I died for it. (laughs) When I said it is done, it is done. Amen? It is completed. So now, certain things in God's word, when I read it, like sickness, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this out there, folks. I am telling you right now, grab hold. When it comes to sickness and disease in my body, I already know, I already, me and the devil, I straightened it out. Look, it cannot touch my body. Yep, some of you are thinking, oh, that's a bold statement. It is the word of God. Now, I live this way, folks. I live this way. And I need you to understand, the moment something attacks your physical body, stop, 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 stop seeing what will happen. And I'm trusting God that he's going to make me better. Stop it. Stop it. You begin to sit by his stripes. I am healed. You've got to get aggressive against the enemy. The, Spirit, the Holy Spirit began to show me this. He says, the reason is we are ignorant. You can't stand up for something, first of all, you don't know. Second of all, you don't believe. It will never happen. 
You have got to stand saying, I know this. This is not a fairy tale. This is God's word. And I have now begun, I know it was, it was the other night, two or three nights ago, my wife and I were just sitting there talking. And I began because, uh, uh, I didn't share this, but several, uh, week, about two and a half, three weeks ago, she was at home, started coughing, coughing. I mean, I hadn't heard a cough like that in a while, coughing like her lungs was going to jump out. And my daughter's like, ooh, let me stay in our room. <laughs> you stay over there in the couch, don't do like that. Like, I mean, bad contagious. I was like, what in the world? And I wanted to say, well, let me stay away. But immediately the Spirit of God said, what? it doesn't matter what she's got. What's going on? You don't need to run from it. Went right in there to the room. Look, whatever it is, we're going to pray about it. Went to bed at night, just slept right there beside her. Leaving out in the morning, let me kiss you. She was like, you don't want to kiss me. I don't know what. Said, Come here. I began to speak, whatever it is, it shall not touch me. She went to the doctor, they told her she had walking pneumonia. <laughs> Nora's praising God. I told you a while ago, when all this flu epidemic was coming, I stood, somebody was at work coughing, and somebody just mentioned it. Oh man, you want to stay with me? And immediately, the Spirit of God, the Bible says he shall be our helper. Amen. It's like you run right up beside me and say, don't think about it. Remember who you are. And immediately in front of them at the office, I was like, it's not going to touch me. I don't, it doesn't bother me. And they were like, well, yeah, yeah. Whatever you got, if it comes to me, if it touches me, it has to die. Amen. Amen. Now, does that mean things, I don't feel things sometimes? The other day I was telling my wife, I was driving home from work. And I had the worst headache, so because I'd went like two or three days with about three hours of sleep. Okay. And I felt such a headache. It felt so bad that I was gonna, it felt like I was going to throw up. You ever had a headache that bad? It made, I was like, oh, my gosh. So I began praying. I said, oh, God, I have to speak to this headache. But it was so intense, I could hardly speak to it. Like, oh, how, how is it? So I just had to go lay down. But even in my laying down, I began to speak. Headache, whatever is causing you, you got no hole here, right? <laughs> you understand? Whatever's going on up there, you got to go. Just that simple. All right, so I'm going to lie down and get a nap. When I come back up, you better be gone. I stand here to you this morning, the headache is gone. None, I didn't have to go to the doctor and get a CT scan, a CAT scan. I didn't start saying, maybe it's a tumor. Maybe I got a blood vessel. Bro. No! Those thoughts cannot be allowed in my mind. Why? I know who I am. You have got to start living that way. Let me tell you something. But every time you take a step of faith, you become, and I want you to hear this, Here's what the devil tries to tell you. Living this kind of life is not what you're supposed to be. That's extraordinary. Great, mighty people do that. We're actually saying the opposite. God says, I've actually created you to live that way. And anything else is not what I've created you to be. Amen? So you have got to begin to walk. Now, good. Let me wrap this up. We see power and authority. I want you to look with me. At John chapter 12, verse 28. Quickly, John 12, 28. We see here, Jesus was talking to his disciples and some of the people, and a voice came from heaven. He says, Father, glory, well, Jesus says, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, watch this, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. In the Old Testament, 
all the names of God, he says, I glorified it. I showed what I can do. And he says right here, I'm getting ready to do it again. <laughs> My name, which is Jesus. Now, Philippians 4, 2, verse 8. Philippians chapter 2, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, remember we said that, he's fully God, fully man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wow. Watch this. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him, what? A name which is above every name. Hallelujah. And it's that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Hallelujah. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord where? To the who? The glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Now, in Mark chapter 16, Jesus was teaching, he says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. Whose name? In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you read on, it says, And they shall take up serpents, and they shall not harm them. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you, right? Or, or, or cannot harm you. So we see here in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God was telling them, here is my son, and this name I've given to him is representative of something. Now, we talked about the name of Jesus, that a name is supposed to characterize something. Amen? Jesus, we should have all confidence in the name, confide in that name. Right? We've got to have all confidence in that name. For many reasons. He says, and I will ask the Father to send you a comforter. Amen? John spoke of him. He says, he who's coming after me is greater than me. He says, I baptize you in water, but he is going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Which meaning, you can't get the Holy Ghost without Jesus. Amen? You've got to accept the full package in John 14, 13, and 14. Oftentimes we hear what we ask the Father in Jesus' name. Watch this. And he said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, who's going to do it? He says, I will do it. Showing that he established the same power and authority as God the Father. He told them, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. Yeah. Uh, we, two of us, we're together as one. Now, I didn't give her this scripture. John 15, 16, it says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should, <laughs> that you should go and bring forth fruit. That your fruit will do what? Remain that whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Yeah. Ask in my name. Now, I begin to study. I begin to ask God, oh my goodness, this is so powerful, God. What is, how could we understand how powerful the name of Jesus is? We sing this song, the name of the Lord is a strong tower because that's what David says. The righteous run into it and are saved. 
John chapter 16, verse 24. I want you to understand something powerful. He began teaching the disciples. He says, hitherto or before now, you've asked nothing in my name. But he says, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So if you came here this morning with the notion that I got to watch, you know, God wants me to be happy, but not too much happy. That's one of the greatest lies of the enemy. Does sickness make you happy? Does it stand in the way of your happiness and joy? Yes. Yes. I can't experience all the things God has had for me if I'm walking around busted and tore up. So that is standing in the way of my joy. And he says, I want you to ask so that your joy could be all the way up here. Amen. I want to give you that joy. Now, lastly, you could write this verse down. In the Old Testament, Exodus 23, verse 20 through 22, God began telling the children of Israel, he says, I'm sending my angel with you. He says, my name is going to be on him and in him. You know who else he said that about? His people, you and I. He says, when you accept me, I will now place my name on you. Now watch this. I send the angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. He's still saying that. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. Next verse. But if thou shalt... Indeed, obey his voice and do all that I speak. Then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversary. So the greatest adversary of mankind we know is the enemy. The Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren, always wants to destroy us. Amen? But we have the name of Jesus. Now, I want to share this revelation the Holy Spirit gave me last night. So I was sitting there thinking, God... We need, to, we, we, need, we need to grasp this. Centuries ago, something started happening with great men and women. Kings began to think, if I send somebody out with a message, how could whoever I'm sending them know this is something from me? We see the beginning of the stamp. Kings would then start using a rubber stamp, a seal, that they would send out. And when you presented this, you would have the, the seal of the king. That's his seal, bro. In case you're wondering, he sent me. As time progressed, it has moved us to the point of now the signature. We call it John Hancock. Will you sign what? Your name. In the world we live in now, your signature is legal and binding. Right? Now, God says, I will put my name on you and in you. <laughs> I was sitting there last night, and I almost jumped out of my chair. He says, wherever I send you, it is just like you are a legal document sent from me. He says, I am putting my name on top of you. He says, I've got my pen, and every time you accept my son, my name is signed on you. Wherever you go, you could stand and say, I am a legal. You are a legal representative of God. 
Now watch this. Wherever God sent you, if I'm king and I send Brother Greg, and I send him in my stead, whoever I'm sending him to have got to respect him exactly like how they respect me. God says it is time for you believers to stand up and demand the respect from the enemy. Why? Because you've got my signature. You've got my name. I have called you mine. I shed my blood for you. I died for you so that you could now go in my stead. Come on and give God some praise. Come on. You have got to begin to act that way. Amen. A person that understands that does not act timid anymore to the enemy. We don't say stuff like, oh my goodness, I feel bad. Maybe this is such and such a happen. I don't know. I'm losing my business. Maybe God wants it to go belly up. I don't know. Maybe my son or daughter's acting up. It's just things they're going through. Oh, the enemy is busy. Stop testifying about the enemy. Stop talking about your problems to God. Begin to talk to your problems about your God. Tell them, I am a legal document in your face. Amen. Come on and give him praise in this place. Hallelujah. 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 I told you all I want to give you this morning is what that. That's all God told me to give you this morning. But trust me. Folks, the revelation God began to show me, even this one last night, I'm telling you, up until last night, he, he showed me that about my signature. This stuff is not so you could go home and say, we had a great time. Oh, Brother Dexter preached a great message. Amen. That is not the purpose of this. It breaks my heart. You know why? Because it breaks God's heart. I know it does. I know. I am absolutely certain. The way that if I saw my child suffering and I know everything that she has to crush, whatever is coming against her, she's got her ready. It would break my heart to the core. Folks, we are breaking God's heart. You living in defeat, you are breaking the heart of God. You understand? Begin to check each other. Listen, if you hear something come out of my mouth that sounds like defeat, I want you to check me immediately. Now, I hadn't gotten to the point where I could check me anyway. I just sit back and I, I begin to pray. But I hear it. It's like I have a spiritual ear that's not been awakened. I hear it so I hear it every day. I hear it with preachers. I hear it with, with, with believers. I hear it with people who've been saved. I hear it. I hear it. We say it. We say this stuff. And I know the Spirit of God stands back and like, oh, when are they going to get this? Begin to rise above. Begin to speak to the situations in your life. Stop. Okay? You cannot be destroyed anymore. He says we're destroyed for the lack of knowledge. God has given us his word. Amen. Stop. I don't want to see any more. I don't want to hear about another believer. I don't want to hear about anybody else glorifying the devil. Here's what happened to me this week. What the devil did. Begin to take authority over it. Why? Because you have it. Lift your hands with me.